Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Take five. Talk Recorded live. Money. Money, 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 money. Money, 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 Okay. This is Kevin from Wildcats Nuisance Animal Control. Uh, I think this is our like 12th podcast uh, on the WCBBN. And my name, like I said, is Kevin Dan, owner-operator of Wildcats Nuisance Animal Control of Northeastern Michigan. Uh, we pretty much do it all. Just give us a call. Uh, I'm your host, and we have a co-host, Will. Will Langman, how you doing tonight, bro? Oh, fighting a cold, but I'm here and alive. <laughs> uh, I'm Will Langman, owner and operator of Langman's Wildlife and Pest Control. I'd say central Indiana, but if you look at the computer, it says southern. So apparently I'm a, I'm a redneck, too. <laughs> but tonight we're going to have some guests on about growth, the guys that have actually made it further than just one guy in a living room. <clears throat> but tonight we're going to have, I think we got Ryan on, and we've got Jason on. So we got Ryan from Animal, Animal Pros down in Tennessee. So how's that going tonight, Ryan? Uh, it's going good. I'm Ryan Hall, uh, Animal Pros. We operate uh, actually in Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Florida currently. And, uh, you know, excited uh, to, to be a part of a, a growing industry. No, that's no kidding. How about you up there in New York, Jason? <laughs> you getting on subway traffic or anything in there? <laughs> No, not at all. I'm actually out in the uh, in the country. Uh, when you think of New York, you, you don't think of city. But in any event, uh, thanks for having me, Will and Kevin. Uh, my name is Jason Carter. I'm owner-operator of uh, Fur and Feathers Wildlife Control. Uh, we're based in south-central New York, and um, our service area covers uh, central New York, northeast Pennsylvania, and um, northern New Jersey. Boy, you guys cover a lot more area. I thought 150 miles was huge. I can't imagine statewide. Well, uh, let's go about, uh, I guess everybody wants to know, we'll, go, we'll just all four go through this, I guess, on how we got into the business to begin with. Uh, I know we had a little discussions before the uh, show actually begun, but we'll go ahead and start with you, Jason, because I don't want to get yelled at. And we'll let you kind of tell us how you got into this. How did you get to where you are now? <laughs> well, I mean... This industry more or less is in my blood. I'm a third generation operator. Uh, my grandfather, you know, started the biz- this type of business in northern New Jersey, and then my father, pretty much uh, after he got out of the Air Force, uh, he got into this industry. Worked for a pest control company for a couple months, and then got into nuisance wildlife control. So, growing up as a kid, 
um, in northern New Jersey is pretty much um, more or less urban, so we were able to you'll see a lot going on, a lot of things being built up and so forth. And, um, you know, during summer vacation, weekends, um, holidays, and so forth, uh, he would take me on ride-alongs with him. And uh, I was able to do my first, assist him on my first raccoon job with him at the age of six. Uh, he actually put me up in an attic, um, retrieved a family of baby raccoons uh, while he uh, rustled the mother out. And, you know, pretty much that was my calling ever since. Um, worked for his company for a, a few years, and then eventually went on my own. Uh, I've had my own business now for the last uh, 12 years. And it's the greatest industry in the world. I couldn't see myself doing anything, you know, as far as um, career-wise. Oh man, that sounds a lot like me. You're just—I think you got one generation on me. I'm—I'm I'm second generation myself. My father started this uh, back about 1960, and just got so good at trapping. Everybody started hiring him to do it. So I grew up doing this as well. I was riding along with Dad on jobs. I mean, I've got that's somewhere around here. I think I have him on Facebook actually of me running jobs at about six or seven years old with him. Uh, just like you, I—I I was <laughs> small enough to go get those baby coons. So. <laughs> That's where I got shoved into, addicts and everything else, and I just, I love it. I love being my own boss. I like doing this for a living. You're not seeing the same thing every single day, but depends on how busy you are. <laughs> but how about you, Ryan? How are you doing down there in uh, Tennessee, and how'd you get, how did you even get started? My God, you've grown up. <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, I actually grew up uh, bartending. You know, okay, I, that's a leap. <laughs> I, yeah. Wow. I, <laughs> I worked, I mean, very few hours, maybe 20 to 30 hours a month. Uh, made great money, which gave me plenty of time to go out and do what I loved doing, which was hunting and fishing and playing in the woods. And, uh, you know, one day I was at work. Mother called and she said, hey, I see a wildlife company hiring. I think this might be something you're interested in. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. And I was like, well, for shits and giggles, I'll call. And called and got on with this wildlife company, worked with them for about two years. Absolutely loved it. But we had a falling out and opened up shop and been doing it ever since. And it is just, I mean, growth every year. That's no kidding. I don't know. Anybody that knows Ryan or seen his post, he's just huge, I guess. I guess he's one of the bigger guys out there. <laughs> No offense, Jason. <laughs> hey, not taken. I think Jason's garage is. And see, enough. I feel I feel like one of the smaller guys because you know the guys I look up to. I mean, are the guys that have been in it for you know ten, fifteen, twenty years. I mean, that's that's an accomplishment. How long have you been in? Uh, we've been going on right now. It's our eighth year. Really, eight years? Wow. I feel like an old fart now. Maybe I should have some gray hair. <laughs> Here, you can have some of mine. <laughs> oh, okay. mine. Well, I don't have any, so it'll blend right in. <laughs> That's kind of unheard of, though, really, uh, to to be as big as you are in, in uh, the expansion that you did in that amount of time. I mean, that is what we thrive for. That makes Not certain, everybody is there. That makes you know. a certain other company look very bad. <laughs> Well, I, I would attribute a lot of that to absolutely awesome employees. I mean, the guys that we have, they are top-notch guys. A lot of operators know them. Uh, they know their stuff. They're passionate, and it shows. Now, you need to start, like, 
building them and shipping them out to everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what type of advertising do you do, if I can ask? Oh, yeah. Uh, we do absolutely a little bit of everything. Uh, our magic recipe is to not have our eggs all in one basket, but have a lot of differing, different advertising options because throughout the year, different things will be better than other things you may be doing for advertising. So if guys are only advertising one avenue or two avenues, it's it's kind of getting minimal returns uh, during, say, slow times of the year. Slow times of the year is when we actually bump advertising up, and we get a lot more from every area. Wow. So what advertising did you do in the beginning? I mean, I, obviously you couldn't start out. With we started off by a Yellow Page ad. Really? <laughs> started off by a Yellow Page ad. Uh, I remember my first job that came in, went and ran it, bird job, I think sold it for $4,500. And, uh, I mean, didn't have a truck decal wrapped or anything. Uh, was up in the guy's attic removing some nesting. And I was like, what is that smell? And the guy kind of peeks his head in the hatch door, and he's like, hey, you want a hit? (laughs) 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 No, I'm good. I was like, I'm good. And, you know, knocked the job out within that day and was done. And uh, I was like, yeah, I think I found it. Man, Yellow Pages must be a regional thing. All the times we ever ran those ads, I never once got it to pay for itself. Well, I mean, let me stop you right there because, I mean, I think certain markets it does work, where in some markets it's pretty much obsolete. Now, you know, by – I'm thinking that's <clears> what <throat> it was. I mean, take take my instances. I mean, I pretty much live in a you know relatively rural area. I mean, around me there are no big – metropolitan areas. I'm three hours north of Philadelphia. I'm three hours east, west of New York City. So the only way for me to generate that type of clientele is to cover a larger geographic area, you know, versus if I lived in a major metropolitan area, I would get that high clientele. That's why we cover, you know, a relatively large service area for that specific reason, to get that clientele. Uh, The way I started out was I just started a huge referral campaign. I sent mailers out. I went banging on doors. I went to face to face with to meet uh, police departments, health departments, animal shelters, wildlife rehabilitators, um, other pest companies that didn't provide this type of service, real estate agencies. I mean, I just started beating down doors just to get my name out in the first couple months before my yellow book ads, yellow page ads started. Uh, to come out. And I mean, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think I was going to last six months because I did it in August and the first year pretty much was the hardest for me. Um, I almost thought I was going to go under, you know, come Christmas. And I can tell you what, I, I believe in faith. I believe in prayer because I can tell you right now, right after Christmas where I only had about maybe $400 to my name, I landed a huge, uh, bad exclusion and clean out job for 5600 for a um, for a municipal building. And right then and there is when things took off and slowly and surely I just started adding to it, adding vehicles, started generating more business. Um and in my particular area that I service, you know, competitions limited, you know, I don't have a huge influx of comp- competition. 
none of none of the other companies are as big, you know, not to toot my own horn, as me, or they're not going to cover a large geographic area compared to what I would normally cover. Uh, and they don't have the manpower, and they don't have the expertise, you know, to take on some of these complex jobs that I would be more than happy to willing to uh, to take. So. That's pretty much how it grows, and then you know that there I did internet advertising, went into the, to the yellow pages, and then just started increasing advertising. You know, kind of similar to what Brian's done. But um, I mean, at this point, I have uh, five full-time employees plus myself running four trucks, and I mean, I'm pretty comfortable at where I am today in, in that sense. I mean, I do very well for myself, and I mean, I just find it to be an inspiration where I took what I learned. Um, as somebody who built their business, you know, kind of like the way I did, and I more or less use that as as an inspiration um, to build it similar to the way, you know, somebody that I admire very much, how they built their business. So, you know, that's the way I look at how, you know, somebody is, like myself, built built their business, you know, pretty much from nothing and see it grow from nothing into 12 years to what it is today. And it's just a, it's a remarkable feeling. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> I'm just happy to be where I'm at, let alone where you're at. <laughs> uh, but I think me, I mirror you quite a bit. I'm in a rural rural area for the most part. I mean, I don't think I have a million people within 150 miles of me. So uh, I could easily relate to what you've got going on. I just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Ryan, though. That's just amazing. How did you end up getting into so many cities? Well, I know when we started out, much like what Jason said, uh, you know, he said he was in the rural area, so they kind of expanded their coverage area. We were a little bit opposite in the major metro areas, and we immediately expanded our coverage area. So and you know, when I started out, I was, you know, I still am the, the go-getter type. So, I mean, if a snake job came in, came in, you know, across the state five hours away, it sounded good, I was running it. Now, most people, it's not going to run a snake job five hours away. As long as they're willing to pay the bill, I'm in the truck. (laughs) But, you know, I may go run that snake job and sell it for $5,000. Because if you got snakes there, you know, they got rodents, you know, they have openings, you know, usually it's an issue. So, I mean, we started out just immediately hopping, going statewide. And and starting immediately like that, that kind of got us... uh, into a position where we had to grow. We had no choice but to grow. Uh, we had no choice but to bring on guys. Um, and at first, I mean, it was way overwhelming. Uh, you know, there is a such thing as growing too fast. But now we've kind of got we've got a good rein on things to where we can control growth. And uh, it's working out very beneficial. But uh, that's exactly how uh, we started out, and that was just in Tennessee. Uh, We didn't really plan on bumping into too many other states immediately, uh, aside from Kentucky, just because it's so close. Um, But it took off. And in Kentucky, there was hardly any operators. Oh, (laughs) we can only dream of that now, huh? (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, how many? How many are in Nashville? Like four hundred and eighty. I think there's about thirty that show up every year. Just new guys. New guys. Wow. That's 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 amazing. I wish. 
I think about we get thirty every year. About five years. <laughs> when you when you look at the geographics of the area, you know, Nashville is a major metro area. It's a lot different than some of your other areas. Uh, you have bigger residential lots, big homes. Uh, one of the issues is, you know, people obviously have attics and crawl spaces, so they have you know double trouble uh, usually if they don't button up things. So, I mean, animals can get in pretty easily. But in the next five years, I mean, they're estimating a, on average of 5 million people plus moving to the Nashville area wow. within the next five years. Yeah, I, I mean, know a city I might need to expand into. <laughs> and that's in Nashville. I mean, every, every area is going to have some kind of growth. So, you know, we're looking at that, and, I mean, I'm almost drooling. Just think about it. Man, I just can't. That, for a guy like me, that's just so hard to imagine. I'm just not a big city guy, though. I don't even like going to Indianapolis. I think there's like 15 guys over there, and they can have it. I mean, right. even with 30 new companies starting up yearly, there's still no way one company can get to everything. No, it's it's virtually impossible. I mean, especially yeah. with, with, that, with that much of the population density, it would just be hard to be overwhelming. Oh yeah, that just—I mean, I couldn't even imagine. Couldn't just imagine what it would take to cover all that area efficiently. It's just, my God, you'd have to be massive. <laughs> and we we actually last year for the first time had some big name companies that are big names in some some other areas come to Nashville, and literally, I think they were here for maybe three months tops in both Polet. I've had those experiences, but not on that size. <laughs> uh, so, Ryan's got the multi-city. It sounds like, J.C., you just cover a large area. <laughs> yeah, and it is. And, you know, the other thing that I take notice, you know, to my limited competition, I mean, not to take any away from their integrity at all, but, I mean, a lot of you know, my competition here are a lot. Now, bear in mind, I'm 40 years, I mean, the competition that I, that I deal with are guys that are in their 60s and in their 70s doing it. Ah, and, IRE's trying to make extra money. Right, and, and then not only that, there's really nobody younger than me that's up and coming in this industry. And there hasn't been. In fact, there's actually been guys that actually went under, you know, for whatever reason, either the economy got bad. You know, I mean, and, and, this, and I look at it like this. In the area that I live, it's it's relatively a depressed area, you know, so to speak. I mean, population density, the smaller cities are going down. Um, household median income is not as high, say, versus say, um, say a major city, you know, so to speak, where you could charge uh, higher rates. That's usually how I'm more competitive in, you know, in, in the bigger cities, versus, you know, say, someone that does operate in a specific area where they have to charge a higher price just to cover their operating costs to, to operate in that area versus me, I could just drive the hour and a half, two hours, and I can give a, a competitive price because my overhead is not higher. Um, pretty much all I'm paying for is gas, which which basically I, I can pretty much eat up. But, I mean, as far as, you know, my overhead cost is not as high, so that's why my prices are more competitive than, say, the people that do operate, you know, in those uh, in those major areas for, for that specific reason. So I, I learned to... <clears throat> adapt to that, and it, it's been very beneficial. You know, that's actually a pretty good point. Now I'm kind of curious to, to ask this about Ryan. Are you guys, like, based in the city, or do you maybe, like, just outside the limits just enough you can 
just kind of travel the distance over there. Oh no, we're we're based in the cities. Well, uh, I think I'm talking most about Ryan of the cities here. we operate in, we have yeah, I mean guys right in the the major metro cities. So do you have like an office front, or I mean, do you still operate kind of we, out of your home, or? No, we have an office front in Nashville. That's where the corporate office is. Uh, the other areas, we have what's called virtual offices. Oh, uh, what's that? What's that commercial I hear? Regency or something like that? <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> and of course, some of those areas are probably uh, big enough to sustain an office. Uh, if we choose to add more technicians to that area, but they have to be a certain bring-in level for that. So there, there's a couple areas that are close to that. Cool. <laughs> well, honestly, I've pretty much been running this. I don't really have too many more questions. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? <laughs> Well, I mean, I just kind of sit back and run this joint, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we alluring to that odor that was being smelled in that attic? I mean, <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you know, if you look at it from hindsight, I think, you know, myself and Ryan, you know, brought up some good points that, you know, you can more or less make this business as small or as big as you want. I mean, there, there, there's, there's, there's no limitations. There's no end in sight. I mean, the bottom line is it's up to you. On yeah, how big, right. how big or small you want to you want to make this business, and you know, as time goes on, I just see myself only getting bigger. I don't, I don't see myself holding back. You know, oh. just like anything else, I'm I'm hungry. Um, I'm a go getter, and you know, no, nobody's going to tell me otherwise in, in that sense. Oh well, I got I, you know, I just had something pop into my head for both of you. This day and age, bringing on a new guy is not just quite as simple as hey, here's fifty bucks a day kind of thing. What's it actually take for guys to bring on a quality guy these days? I mean, you don't have to be you got a list. specific, but <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, bring a bucket list. <laughs> uh, you know, part of I would say part of it is you know, aside from paperwork, uh, any any employee you bring on, you're going to incur costs. You're going to incur time. You're going to incur training costs, especially to have them trained properly. And, um, you know, we have a rigorous training course that usually uh, has somebody with somebody training them for a minimum of two months. I mean, to where they're with them daily. Nice. And even after that, I mean, you know, we still keep very close tabs on them. Um, and it's it's uh, something that's worked out for us uh, instead of just, you know, throwing a guy some traps and saying, go do it. Um, it covers so many bases. They, they actually last longer the more knowledgeable they are. That ain't no kidding. You want, you want to give them at least some knowledge so they know what they're doing. I know I've been – I think this is the really first year I've actually brought on two guys – hired them and I, i'm basically kind of the same idea i've been riding with them specific they've had, well i'm not riding with them they're riding with me for about six weeks training right on side of me so, but mainly i'm having them run pest jobs more than i am the wildlife I'm, i'll train them how to check cages how to reset cages kind of looking for the basics but 
I'm not really having them set up jobs yet. I'm I'm not really having them do a lot of that stuff quite yet. Just mainly picking up where the pest control's growing. <laughs> but what do you do, Jason? How do you look for a new guy? Well, I mean, I I more or less keep a certain target and number of guys that I want to have, you know, during you know, the height of the season and off season. Um, more or less, what what I do is this. Um, you know, in, in in mine, I usually if I'm going to bring on a new guy, they either ride with me or they hide, ride with one of my three lead technicians that have been, you know, with me, you know, since the beginning, so to speak. And they ride with them for about six months to, to I mean, six weeks to two months. Like, no. Six months, I'm like, damn. <laughs> no. And also, what I have them do is. In New York State and Pennsylvania, you have to acquire a, um, a license or a permit, you know, to do any type of nuisance wildlife work. So they get the two weeks, they get they get two weeks of training, and then I pay for them to have their um, to take their exams for both states or whatever you know state which which uh, they'll be operating out of. Um, in the meantime, they're still riding around with either myself or the lead technician as an assistant, you know, just helping them with exclusion jobs, cleanups. Uh, repair jobs and so forth. Um, I don't allow them to get involved in the trapping. They're just more, more or less being being an observer on how the lead, the lead technician is setting up traps, removing animals, uh, etc. Then what they do is once they start, once they acquire the license or the permit, you know, then they ride with me, you know, for an additional two weeks, and then usually in that sense, if they're going to ride by themselves. You know they're they they're kept a, a detail of um, of the work that they do, where they're heading, and I usually have trackers on my trucks to to verify if the if the job they were at a job at this per certain time. That way I can keep dibs on if the if they're going to be a quality employee. Good point. We use trackers too. You know I've looked into that, but I just haven't jumped on it yet. Of course, well, I, have, not I haven't had the guys place. here long enough to have it yet, so. I don't want to track myself. On, That's kind of stupid. <laughs> it actually saves on commercial insurance. Absolutely. I think it saves us two thousand a year, which is phenomenal. I'll have to check on that. And see if it's worth the cost. Because <laughs> I know that being I, I don't know if you guys remember the USPMPA guys or not, but they actually have a deal with a tracker company for discounts for us. So. Mm-hmm. If anybody's interested in that, take a look. I know we get it cheaper than everybody else, so it's worth at least looking into. I just haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> and, of course, we, we have the same thing here in Tennessee where, you know, uh, and Kentucky where operators are do have to be licensed. And you do have to demonstrate previous knowledge you know what you're doing. Now, do you guys prefer to hire somebody that's done it themselves somewhere else, or do you like that new guy so you can kind of mold them to your views? I like a daisy fresh rookie. Oh, I hate breaking old habits. I can't stand breaking old habits. (laughs) I prefer somebody green. Yeah, I would agree. You know, that way, you know, they they don't have any – because I've seen this happen before when, um, you know, with my father's business and my grandfather's business where they try to, it even happened with me at one, at one point where, you know, somebody was in the industry and I tried to, and, you know, they, they tried to work for me for a year or so. Then all of a sudden they up and quit and they try to go into business for themselves. And, 
you know, three, four months down the road, they go belly up. So that's why, you know, something like this, I'd rather get somebody that has no knowledge, that has no expertise. I can pretty much groom groom them into the technicians that I need to. And then if he wants to start an operation, you know, outside of my service area, then I, I would ball for that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Nothing like having that guy just open up shop right on your back door. Jason, would you accept that guy back if he, say, he worked for you for the first season and then he says, you called him up and said, hey, we're going to start work for 2016. Are you in or out? And if he said out and went and did his own thing, okay, for six months or whatever, found out it wasn't as easy as he thought, would you hire him back? Well, I mean, there's a lot of variables you'd have to look at to determine if um, if that was the case. Now, if, if he left on bad terms, more than likely not, say, if he decided he didn't want to do this. And say if you got word that, say, he went belly up, say, if he was, um, you know, taking advantage of customers and all that, in that sense, no. But if it was a situation where he couldn't handle the, a business on his own, I would give that strong consideration. But, I mean, it's, I mean if there was any other, you know, bad issues he resulted as him going into his business for himself and, and failing, the answer would be no. Okay. How about you, Ryan? Well, it's an interesting question. Uh, you know, we we have some employees. Uh, so, I mean, we do make them sign non-compete. Uh, so if I had somebody breaching non-compete, and if they wanted to come back, as long as they didn't do anything other than that, uh, you know, shady-wise uh, in the business, eh, they would have to do some heavy convincing. But it's possible. Yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't apply here because uh, New State and Pennsylvania are both a right-to-work state. So Tennessee. The, yeah, so the, the, the non-complete causes here really don't, don't apply. Right. And, uh, you know, that's the, the one thing that we try to help guys understand, and especially when having employees because, you know, Employees look at it as, man, these guys are bringing in so much money. I can do this. I can do this. But they don't understand how much money goes out to make this possible. No, they don't see the expenses that comes with, you know, running this business, everything that you have to shell out. The faster you make the money, the quicker it goes out, you know. Absolutely. And uh, that's the thing, when they get in it, they see it's not all quite cracked up like it, like it, they thought it was. It ain't just buying traps and driving a truck. There's a lot no, more of this no. than that. <laughs> and that, that's, that's how most of them want to do it. Most of them want to be, you know, out there in the Wild West, just doing the, doing the thing, setting a couple traps, collecting a check. And they want to dress like a biker and be on TV. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not like that. <laughs> Speaking of being on TV, anybody been on TV? Well, I mean, does cops count? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think Ryan Ryan told me he was approached once, but uh, turned it down. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah, I've never <laughs> had the honor. <laughs> I've been on neither, like neither have I. I have no. I have no interest in it either. I've been on local like news stations, which I, I'm assuming probably all of us have. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I have. I don't. I think those guys that probably just gets to their head, they just blow up and 
lose track of what they're doing. And last thing I want to be known for is planted stuff just to be on TV. <laughs> right, and that, that's exactly what they'll try to do to you. So, I mean, that's that's exactly why we have no interest in that. Yeah, I just can't screw up a 50-plus year reputation just to be on TV. I can't do that. <laughs> I'll have well, first. I have a I have a question for you. Uh oh. How do you compete with all the pest control companies out there? Well, because there's got to be more than one in your area. Oh yeah. <laughs> pest control is a whole different beast. I mean, a lot of guys. In fact, like uh, I hate to drop names, but there's only one way to do this. Like Orkin, they're trying to get into wildlife control, but they just don't understand wildlife control. Sure. I I happen to be fortunate. I got really lucky here. My father is a massive trapper. I mean, he literally wrote books on it. <laughs> and my father-in-law has 30-plus years of pest control experience. He's retired. So he's trained me up how to do pest control. And what I've found, and a lot of pest guys don't like it, is like you guys were talking about your overhead costs and expenses, things like that. Is When you're already running a wildlife company, your overhead's covered. The only thing you've got to add to that is a little extra profit and materials. Mm-hmm. You're not really calculating in the overhead because you already exist. Right. So I can come in with pest control a whole lot cheaper than anybody else because I'm wow. sitting there running it right on the wildlife route. And I can just Thank pop you. them right off. And it's not that I'm drowning in pest control work because, honestly, I'm so swamped with wildlife still that I really don't even advertise it. We just happen to be in the same section as all the wild, all the pest control companies when you look in the phone book, so we get the calls too. And we just – I take the calls as they come in. It's actually built a nice route. Let me stop you right there. Um, well, I think in, in your sense you have more of an advantage because I think when, <clears throat> you know, being a, um, you know, a small, you know, uh, operator with a, um, you know, with a um, – you know, with five decades of, of an excellent reputation, I think they're more inclined to go with somebody like that versus it with somebody that, like like the big name companies. Only for simple fact is they're going to get the top quality service versus the bigger companies, where their only their only purpose is just to get a high clientele, not to perform the customer's needs. Oh you know, yeah, for, then, for what they need. Co- I've got a customer and, and the, right now that's the exact same way. Right, and the reason why I know this is is. My father worked for a pest control company, and he actually saw this. It wasn't a matter of, you know, doing around running around 12, 13, 13 hours, trying to get to as many clients as you possibly can, collecting the money, and you know, making the managers happy. You know, oh, yeah, his, his his philosophy was, you know, you're going to make a customer, you're going to satisfy a customer, take the time to do the job, make sure the the job is satisfied. Then go to the next one, not to cram a bunch of uh, jobs and then be done at eleven, twelve o'clock at night, just to collect all the money. Yeah, that's exactly right. how I was taught to. My father-in-law worked for the big national company that begins with a T, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they had him do is just go and go and go and go and go. I mean, he built that personal relationship with his customers. He taught me. He said, "Don't worry about trying to get fifty in a day or something." Even if you do five a day, just do the job right because you're going to get more referrals out of that customer than all those other jobs you tried to cram in that day. So I keep it personal. Everybody knows me when I walk in. I'll take a few minutes to chat with them. 
I mean, I've landed some pretty nice contracts doing this. So I just keep it. That's why I don't even advertise it, really. I just let them call me. I don't even push it. If you call me, fine, I'll take care of you. Um, but I'm not going to go out there and push my pest control on you. I mean, I, I put out there all my trucks that I do it, but I'm not out there really trying to push it and just put numbers in my books. I, I just take the jobs as people call, and it adds up quick. That's awesome. That's excellent. And what type of um, services do you offer? Uh, I mean, pretty much everything, or you just stick to, like, cage trapping, or what? We'll start with Ryan on that one. <laughs> How far uh, do you go? I can tell you uh, we don't do pests. We don't do bees. Uh I probably refer out at least two to three bee calls a day to different people in different areas. Um, we, of course, use uh, a lot of live traps, uh, you know, all kinds of traps, really. Uh, we do insulation services, restoration services, clean-outs, uh, everything like that, and we do it big enough that we have a team of guys and and like Nashville area, for example. I mean, that's all they do is go around and we'll do clean-outs daily. Uh, we have that much to do. Um, they get a lot of stuff knocked out. I mean, it's uh, one of those things that it's it's not slowing down. Um, some of the areas, it's, it's I mean, going to be just your general wildlife. I mean, we will not, haven't taken that dive into pest, even though I can see the need and would love to. That's why I'm going to try to prod a little info out of Will. <laughs> but but uh, it it is something that, you know, pest and wildlife, I, I both see both of those industries growing. Um, I think for the future, I mean, both of them look bright. Oh, you can't miss. <laughs> How about you, Jason? What all do you offer? Well, you know, pretty much like as Ryan would say, we don't get into bugs. We don't do general pest control. I don't do bees. I actually have a um, have a phobia of bees. There, I just said it. How <laughs> <laughs> um, many bee pictures you're going to get on Facebook now? <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Now, um, another thing that, that – um, I mean, obviously, we do the adequate restorations. We do clean-outs. We do uh, odor neutralizer treatments, dead animal removals. Um, you know, believe it or not, you know, certain laws in certain states vary depending upon, you know, what types of traps we can and cannot use. And I'll give you a prime example. Uh, in regards to uh, flying squirrels, now, in Pennsylvania, northern flying squirrels are protected, which means we can't use any type of lethal control, which means... We can only use, you know, ejection valves. New York State, they're not protected. So we'd use lethal traps on them all day. Uh, feral cats is one of our biggest bread and butter in Pennsylvania. And, you know, nobody in this region, you know, wants to handle them. I get all the feral cats in Pennsylvania. New York State can't touch them because they're classified uh, by the uh, by the DEC, which is the um, the state's DNR, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they classify them, even feral cats, as domestic animals, and our system does not cover uh, trapping or, or capture of domestic animals. That's where we pretty much can't do. Uh, 
Uh, <clears throat> in regards to uh, our trapping methods, uh, we use lethal and non-lethal uh, traps, um, body gripping traps, uh, cage traps, um, you know, damage repairs, exclusions. Uh, sometimes, you know, we'll even do consultations, you know, for our clients. And we also, the one thing that we do offer is we offer um, uh, orphan wildlife um, transport. And a lot of times what we do is we'll just request a donation that we can actually give to the rehabbers in that sense. So that has worked, well, worked a lot with, you know, the health departments and the, uh, the wildlife rehabilitators that refer us that we will actually come out there, you know, for a donation to pick up the wildlife and take it to them, you know, this way. You know, obviously the rehabber's not going to go other ways to do that. Um, I don't see myself getting into pests because of the, um, you know, dealing with the chemicals and the pesticides. And I mean, to me, it's just more complex, you know, that I want to handle. And, you know, and then, I mean, every year my wildlife business just keeps growing and growing. I mean, I don't see it. De I don't see a decline in this industry. Um, all I see is nothing but growth. You know, and you know, for the next 25 years or so, or I get struck by lightning, I'm not letting up. Or if he wrecks one of his Mustangs. <laughs> Don't shake me now. <laughs> Just one of them, you know. It's not like he's got an extra one. <laughs> Is there any one thing that uh, took you guys from the average, uh, say, Joe run of the mill? To uh, leaps and bounds, yeah, like me. <laughs> How do you I go from me to you? <laughs> I would say structure in our case, uh, having strategic management over certain areas has contributed to our growth largely. And of course, our managers aren't just normal, you know, managers you go hire. I mean, these guys have been bred in the wildlife industry that really know their stuff. Um, it's contributed us to growing leaps and bounds. Now, would you have brought those guys in first or just some techs and then eventually brought those guys in? Uh, both. I mean, most of the time, uh, some of your techs may do great tech work but they may have a strong suit somewhere else. And that's where you really don't know exactly what you have until they're in there. And, uh, you know, one of uh, our managers, our team managers, was a tech and, you know, worked out in the field. So, I mean, he was already familiar with the in and outs. Uh, another one of our managers was a tech and, I mean, was very, very good at that. But has a strong suit, just like the other one, in, in another area. So, I mean, that's something that's contributed to our growth because, I mean, there is only so much that I can even comprehend in a given day, uh, especially trying to think about all these areas and different jobs and this and that, uh, that it's almost crucial to where it has to happen. I'm just taking all this in. I don't know you guys, but I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, one question I have is uh, for Ryan is, um, you know, when you did start out, 
was it just you by yourself, or did you have you know somebody assisting you? Or I mean, when, when you I first started, started out, out, I started out working with another company. So I worked for another company for about two years, and believe it or not, they they fired me. Boy, I bet they're kicking themselves now. <laughs> uh, and you know, I started started it up doing it. Um, brought my father in. Um, of course, brought my brother in, uh, and just let the rest of the uh, hires that we eventually made uh, kind of God lead the path. So, I mean, I may be somewhere getting food. And somebody says, man, will you talk to your boss? I would love to do that for a living. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll talk <laughs> to him. Sure. <laughs> and then happen to see him two weeks later and then go, did you talk to him? And I'm like, I, I will I will put in a good word. And then, then find out that I am the boss and then go, okay, you going to bring me on now? And I'm like, come on. So, I mean, you know, God puts people in your path yeah, almost constantly that uh, things work out for for the best reasons, and that's where we hired, I can't even tell you how many people that way. Not for people applying, but just for people we, you know, run into daily or see daily. And, I mean, even to this day, still I'll see people out. And, you know, they may present themselves well, talk good, Somebody say, hey, are you happy with what you're doing? Do you know anything about wildlife? And hopefully the answer is no. And those are the type of people we look for. How about you, Jason? What do you look for in a new guy? I mean, where were you at the very beginning? What was Jason doing? Just running out and uh, escort, running jobs? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, believe it or not, when I when I first started out, no, because I mean, it, it all fairness, my father and I had a falling out. That's part of the why I went in. <clears throat> I went in on my own, and um, I had a there was a guy with me that I for oh wow, let's go back um, twelve years. I've known him for ten years, and then um, he got tired of his job. I asked him, you know, how would you like to come to work for me? And I started out in a. Um, First vehicle, I was a 990 Ford F-150 pickup. I bought for a thousand bucks. It was a piece of garbage, but it it did the job for a month. And for the first, for that time, all I did was work. I worked seven days a week. I was just hungry. I didn't, I didn't wasn't happy where where I was. And um, you know, slowly but surely, I started adding another vehicle. I brought in another guy, and you know, the same deal. I look for someone that. You know, has no knowledge or expertise. Somebody that's just green. Someone that's young. Someone that's ambitious, and somebody that's just as hungry as I am. And um, you know, kept us watch on him. You know, see how he's doing. Put him through a trial period. You know, de- de- determining after the trial if I was going to keep him or if I was going to let him go. I mean, you know, the same thing you have to take into consideration is when you bring on someone. You know, you're going to be investing time, money, and, and training in that person. So, I mean, just like with any business, I mean, you have to look at those variables and say, you know, you have all this invested in this person. Uh, What can you do to improve 
you know, his sense of skills to make your business better than what it is. You have to, you have to look at it from, from that standpoint. I mean, from, from that point, I mean, it's just <clears throat> to start just, uh, just focused on what I needed to do. And for the first year, I didn't have a social life. I didn't go out to date. I didn't have this. I didn't have a thing called partying. I did none of that. I just wanted to get out of this run and make it as, as big as what I needed to do. And then, you know, doing a lot of praying, a lot of hard work, just being hungry is where it just took off. And, and you know, the bottom line is, is you know, anybody can do this. It's just, you know, what you put into it is, is how big it's going to get. Yeah, I, I agree with what you just said there, Jason, because, uh, you know, I know when I started this, uh, that was one of the conversations me and my wife had. And uh, I gave her a kiss, and I said, you know, yeah, I don't know how much I'll be around and for the first, you know, probably three years. I'm telling you, I was flat out gone. But we both knew that eventually I wouldn't be gone so much. And that it would be a to to a place that I would be around more, and now it is. That's why I always I'm a firm believer of the statement. There's some things you don't that you have to do that you don't want to do to get to where you want to be. Absolutely. Oh yeah, one hundred. If you're not willing to sacrifice to get what you want, you don't deserve it. No, not at all. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know how many days I've ran and ran and ran. Or especially this year, my God, I don't even know if I know what sleep is. <laughs> I don't know if you guys offer the 24-hour service, but I do. And for some reason, every single bat knows when I went to bed. <laughs> as soon as I go to sleep, ring, back out the door I go. I mean, I, I can run 30 hours straight before I finally get some sleep. And some guys will cry and whine, but I just wake up and do the job the next day. That's how I am, too. <laughs> Or what I usually do is I price it high enough, and I, I mean, yep. at, that, at, at that point, it's not even a matter of just trying to land the job or, or whatever. I mean, it's just a matter of, of of getting sleep and, you know, resting, you know, to prepare for the next day. So I price it high enough where I try to discourage the customer to have me come out. I mean, it's... <laughs> I started doing that. It's worked a few times, and, you know, there's other times. I mean, they don't care what it costs. They want you there yesterday. Oh, yeah. I've tried doing that this year just because the calls have increased that much, and I'm just shaking my head. I'll hang up the phone and look at my wife and go, got to (laughs) go. Yeah, see, I can remember doing that as a tech, uh, you know, just pricing jobs, uh, just to price and get the heck out of there. Because I had a million things going on, hoping they wouldn't do it, and every single time that job would fail. And I was like, "Oh man, that's another one added to the list." <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> you might be tired in the morning, but you're still going to the bank. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> all right. Now I got I, I got one thing that I'm going to ask both of you that you don't have to get too specific, but I know everybody's going to ask this: What are you looking at as far as starting pay? for techs? I mean, did you hire them by the day, by the hour, salary? I mean, what did you guys do? We'll start with Jason on that one. Well, I start usually all my green techs at, you know, a flat rate of $10 an hour. Now, I usually do that at the, um, you know, usually for a three-month period. Now, if I see signs that they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're excelling in, in their craft and they're learning, 
and you know, I see if I see promise in them, then you know I will consider them stepping them up. Now, usually with with uh, with my head technicians, you know, they're the ones that actually you know sell the work as well. Like say, I put something in place where if they sell a job and it's over a thousand dollars, the lead tech who sells the job gets a five percent commission on every job that sells over a thousand. That ain't bad. That's damn near pest control structuring. <clears throat> and you know, it, it is. It, you know, that has worked for me. It gives you know, gives my head uh, head technicians you know an incentive to um, you know to make more money. You know, in a sense of just working for an hourly rate. So I mean, upsell, it, you upsell, know, it, <laughs> Always try to get that add on so you can make a little bit more. That's right. Well, how about you, Ryan? I mean, where do you guys at least start at? I don't want to get specifics on where they're at now. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, we uh, start our sales techs uh, at a, course, weekly salary. Uh, usually, I think it's 250 or 300 Then uh, we have them, they're right around a 15% commission. And that's on job sold. Um, I can tell you they make excellent money, but we have jobs coming in all the time. So, I mean, literally, uh, their days start out with phones going crazy. Everybody wanting service right then and there. And, you know, the one uh, big advantage we have is having multiple techs in most areas. We can get out to these jobs same day, where a lot of your private operators or one- or two-man operators you know, three or four calls, and you're already tied up for the day. So, I mean, they they initially have the advantage just having more people where we can get them, get them in and get them out there. Oh, yeah, I've noticed that already. Just just responding quicker is going to help with growth, let alone just having the text there. Just Well, not just that, just answering the phones. Yeah, oh, that's what I was Just at least answer them, talk to the people, because... They get your voicemail. They're calling the next guy on the list. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, so that's where where they start off. Uh, you know, some of our hourly guys. You know, they're going to be right at fifteen, twenty dollars an hour. And then some of our established techs, uh, we do have a bonus incentive for that. Guys that have been with us, you know, longer than a year. They're very excellent at what they do. Uh, we do have an incentive form that they can go anywhere in the nation and we'll open up shop and we'll pay their mortgage for the first two year, or two months. Really? Establish that wow. area <laughs> and absolutely take off. I'd be um, motivated myself. <laughs> so, I mean, I've had two technicians take advantage of that. Um I had one, and of course I brought that up because I had one of them call uh, earlier and was asking about uh, the possibility of something on the, of course, uh, West Coast. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> wasn't planning on that, but <laughs> Hawaii's uh, looking good, boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, name of the game, uh, there's a lot of problems everywhere, you know. It is something that's not slowing down. Uh, most of your animal controls in every city have stopped dealing with nuisance wildlife that has been turned over to the private sector. Um, it's it's a continual growth 
Oh yeah, most guys don't even realize this this industry is actually still in its youth because we're just now getting to the point where municipalities and the governments are starting to turn this stuff over because it's more efficient to just let over oh, than this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, our animal yeah. control around here just turned over. You know, they were providing pickups when somebody sets a trap. Oh yeah, and and you know catches a skunk by mistake, and they just you know crunched the numbers on that and. We're like, we just wasted thousands providing this service. Yep. Not doing I, it anymore. I am right at that point here locally. They they used to go out with traps, set them, but they are literally right now, they got a 30-day wait period just to bring a trap out to you. And even oh, yeah. now, all they do is bring a trap out. They won't even do anything else. They're yeah, here, it <laughs> here they won't even do it. It's It's strictly the private sector here. Yep. It's gone you know, that and, way here. And, you know, a lot of the municipalities and all that, you know, they have my name on Speed Island, more or less in the immediate areas that, that I service. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I've, I've established myself in, in this area here, you know, specifically, so I'm more or less the go-to company that, you know, that these oh. municipalities will contact. Because, for one, either they don't do it yeah. or they don't have the service offered, so automatically it goes to the private sector. Yep, I'm 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 seeing more and more of Jason and myself here all the time because I'm in this same boat. I I mean I'm directly dialed by dispatch anymore for any wildlife calls. Yeah. I just don't even bother trying. They just straight forward them to me. Yep. And we we receive a lot of those calls. Um, that's something that I guess being the the biggest one, it's it's kind of expected, but uh, it's it's a blessing. It's nice until you get them people, what, I have to pay for this? <laughs> oh, and then we, we get to see it. Jason's calls on Facebook. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, just a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, although it really hasn't, hasn't been bad as, as of late. I mean, I really haven't had to deal with people like that, but um, if I get any more, you'll be the first to know it. Oh, bring them on. <laughs> it's entertaining. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty much out of questions, guys, unless something pops into my head. Do you got any questions for us? I do. Uh-oh. All right, let's uh, hear it. I know, that's a good one. So uh, I know Louisville is probably the line where you get that winter activity where everything shuts down north of Louisville. Pretty damn close. What do you guys do for income when you slow down? Well, uh, I'll like yeah. I mean, I'll I'll try my end because I'm actually I think me and Kevin are far enough apart that I'm actually quite a bit different from him. So we really, I mean, we notice a slowdown here. The moles go away, obviously, when the ground freezes, all that good stuff. But um, we really don't get a big slowdown. I've gotten to the point now where we're just. I think I'm along Jason's lines. I cover such a large area that. I get enough business constantly. My name's just constantly getting out there more and more and more. I I don't really get the slow season anymore. It drops off, but it's not actually really slow. Um, Plus, I added pest control to mine about six years ago, and I don't really have slow anymore. (laughs) Slow doesn't exist. (laughs) I mean, in my case, I mean, the volume of calls drop off where I I live from January to February. I mean, which is fine. I mean, to me, that's I prefer to have my downtime during that time of the year anyway. But um, I mean, what keeps us going during you know the later fall? You know, we we put gutter cleaning, cleaning, installing uh, gutter helmets is you know another service we added on uh, to this. 
debris removal is another thing that we've um, you know we take advantage of during the winter. Like say somebody needs a, a garage cleaned out or uh, a building cleaned out of um, you know whatever. That's a, that's the service that that we've took it on, and we schedule those those types of services during you know the um, I don't want to say the slower but uh, the, the more steadier season. Because you know, right. you know, now that you know being established and you know covering a relatively large geographical area, I mean, I have a steady business flow, but I mean, it's a high volume of business compared to you know the spring and summer. Right. Yeah, I mean, right here, I drop off about mid-November till damn near April. Oh wow! So I get a pretty long slow season when it comes to wildlife alone. I mean, we tried adding snow removal here, but. I'm just at that line where we just don't get enough to make it worth it. <laughs> so we don't we quit no, doing and, that. And that is if you're going to add snow removal, it's a huge gamble because if you have a mild winter, I mean you're, you're pretty much screwed. Oh yeah, like last right. winter here, we had nothing but the year before we had like 14 inches constantly. So wow, nothing compared to probably what Jason gets out there. He's getting feet at a time probably. <laughs> All right, last well, winters have been have been nuts, I, I'll say that. You know, growing up in the Northeast and being, I'm used to it, so it's you know, it's like whatever. See, I like snow. Bring it on. I don't care. I think I am going to add something now that I bought a boom truck, though. I think I'm going to I'm going to make the attempt at getting into helping with Christmas lighting and stuff during the winter. Might as well put that truck to use year-round. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kevin, what do, you, what do you do when it gets real bad? Well, a lot of that depends on the winter. Um, we have, you know, some some years we have pretty mild winters. Uh, other years we have, like the last two to three years, uh, we've had very cold, cold, cold for a long period of time. Um, so I guess I'll get into what I do. Uh, I do a tree service, uh, cut firewood and sell it. Um, I do a little bit like Jason does. Uh, when it falls off, I do gutter cleaning. I do uh, guano power washing. Um, just a large number of things like that. Uh, my mole service runs up into uh, basically right up till it freezes up. Um, and then once it closes right down, I mean, once in a blue moon, we get a flying squirrel job. Uh, others is, yeah, others is, uh, it just boils right down to pretty much nothing. Uh, and we're talking like, say, old. February and March, and uh, we don't start picking up till about April. Uh, I try to keep any attic clean out um, for for colder seasons, uh, whether it's clean out or or uh, restoration work. Um, other than that, uh, that's kind of the sums it up. I actually had a had a guy that was trying to get on with us from Southeast Michigan last year. And, I mean, he was hot to trot trying to get on. And I would have loved to brought him on, but I was scared to death at hearing it dies down in winter. <laughs> well, and I mean, there's times that I, I get calls uh, from the west side of the state. Um, I don't know why they call way over here, but, you know, when I get a call, the squirrel in the chimney or something of that nature... Uh, Al, the guy that I broke in to do the west side of the state, uh, he runs his own ABS um, nuisance control service over there. 
and uh, he usually goes to Florida. So uh, I guess they don't like to talk to big franchise guys, and and they would rather deal with the small guy, you know. But I well, can, well, I can Kevin, he, he's the point that um, that, that, that you brought up earlier. Um, I noticed you and Will were mentioning about you know um, having having an increase in um, mold work uh, over here. I'm lucky if I get a dozen mold jobs a year. Oh wow! Wow, you're missing out. <laughs> no, I mean I I just don't get the calls for it. It's 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 I I don't know what it is. I don't. It's not a big demand in in, in this part of New York State for whatever reason. Well, and I, it, you know, I, it might just be the fact that nobody knows who to call because I dealt with that for a little while too. Um, yeah, I, I think I just seen South Carolina hung up, but I think that was Dax, and he was passing on mold jobs for years. We pass on mold jobs. You pass on them? We pass on them. And we get probably five to sometimes ten a day. Oh, man, I've got dedicated routes. I've got contracts that keep me in monthly revenue nine months out of the year. And I'm actually going to revamp that to be a 12-month contract. Um, but, dude, that's so steady money. <laughs> it's easy we would probably to have to put one technician on staff just to do that alone. It's so worth it, though, isn't it? <laughs> it it probably would be. Oh, I've I've got one guy. I can. I'm actually going to have one truck specifically lettered up just for moles. I've got my whole graphics design and everything together. I'm literally just going to have one truck running. That's probably all he's ever going to do. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky if I get six a year. I mean, wow. Do you even see him when you're driving around though? I mean, do you see mole activity in yards? Just out of curiosity, to know if they're even there. <laughs> Probably from time to time, but I mean, you I mean know, this time like, of year you should be seeing the big dirt piles in yards. I've seen I've seen them in various spots. I mean, I don't see, you know, I I don't get the influx of calls like say you guys do, but um, I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, I I've done six, I've done five this year, and you know, I, I talk to other guys throughout the states. I mean, you, you know, even in in this region. You know, I don't get that many calls. I think because I live in the mountains. Well, that could be, be a lot that, of it, yeah. That could be part of the reason, so whatever. But if, if you also cover a large area, though, that, I'm sure you'll get out of the mountains in some areas. And you could, I mean, the potential's there, but, I mean, I don't know your area that well. I know there's a lot of mountains up there. Same with down there in Ryan's area. <laughs> you ought to be getting close to the mountains, I think, don't you? Oh, yeah. We're close. Uh, that's about two and a half hours from us. Uh, but, you know, moles, we get pounded with those calls, and, and we've never picked up that aspect just from the simple fact is that takes one technician to do that solely, where chances are, uh, compared to, say, skunks in the crawl space, raccoons in the attic, uh, they're going to make more money doing that. I don't know. I think, yeah, me and you need definitely need to talk. If you get the right program, that's money, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Money in the bank. You get a hold of Dax. He's got a hell of a program going now after talking with me and everything. Uh, that's awesome. He was passing on them. He didn't, see the, he didn't see the money in them. He was getting tons of calls but didn't see the money, and now he's just got like a dedicated route. <laughs> wow. Wow. <clears throat> but you never know what kind of money you're passing up just because you don't think it's there. Right. Just like with pest control, your average pest control route should be bringing in roughly about sixty to seventy grand a year minimum. 
So that's just one route, one dude. That's a month. That's off. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not, I'm nowhere close to that. If anybody's wondering, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a Ferrari. I've only got one Corvette. <laughs> See, Will's already got the hamster wheel in my head spinning. I'm like, what if he could do 60 to 70 a month? What's that, moles? Yeah. I do 80 to 90 a month. That's awesome. I have an 80 to 90 person route. That is awesome. Believe me, you don't have to run them every day either. (laughs) But. So, I mean, it it could very, very, very well become money. These are these are pretty profitable too. Oh yeah, I got oh, I lucky imagine. there. My dad turned into a beekeeper, so we do cutouts and trap outs and everything. Yeah. I passed a good one today that was yellow jackets in a wall, and then I uh, passed it to somebody. And I, I mean, I could already see the dollar signs floating out the window on that one. So oh yeah, funny. yeah, you're you're missing a you're missing a gravy train, man. My God, you got that big and you didn't see the money. <laughs> yeah. Honeybee job, um, say you do a cutout or, or pull the siding off, I mean, you can start out at 750 pretty easy and go up from there, you know? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I think our yeah. largest was we took an entire wall off the exterior of a house. It was like 30 feet wide <laughs> just to get to all the damn honeycomb. Wow. Really, I mean, it's like Jason said, he has a phobia of it, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I I go near a bee's nest, I'll be doing a a 180 and walking away from it. I had a traumatic experience when I was five five years old. Cousin was throwing rocks and we were at a family picnic. Throwing rocks up in a tree, I didn't know what it was. Here it is, a... um, A, a beehive about the size of a basketball falls right on my lap, and I got stung 67 times. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what solves that, don't you? A good bee suit. <laughs> yep. I you suit up, you can walk right up to them. <laughs> you know how much fear that takes away. I could be right in the middle of a bald-faced hornet's nest just playing with them for all I care and then wipe them out. Yeah, I bought hey, a have, bee have suit at it. two years ago. And as soon as I brought them in the office, the guys looked at them, and they were like, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) They had no interest. That's such good money, though. Bald-faced hornet nest, you're looking at $400, 30 minutes worth of work. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Walk in, walk out, and if you could take the hive clean, you could take it to an antique shop and sell it. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And sooner sooner than that half an hour too yeah <laughs> good heavy garbage bag and a good set of gloves and stuff and that's like money in the bank bag it snip it hit them with some chemical wipe their ass out yeah. done <laughs> yeah there's every between all of us we could make a fortune oh that's right we have oh, yeah. <laughs> at least Ryan has <laughs> so I got a question uh for everybody, uh, what do you charge for a normal, uh, say, normal animal job? Well, let's base it on a single raccoon removal. How's that? Just one animal, what do you charge? I'll say mine starts at about two, depending on the situation. That's about rough. I'd say about 160 up here. <clears throat> that's, that's kind of a tough question to ask for the simple fact that um, like I live out in the country, and uh, you know we're not a big metropolitan area. Right. Um, 
money is, you know, not actually uh, all the way there, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, yeah, you wouldn't charge the same as somebody if they, if they lived in Detroit versus someone that lived out in the rural areas. You know, you wouldn't do that. Right. Oh, yeah. My my rates vary depending on where I'm at. I mean, I personally, I live out in the sticks. i got a cornfield surrounding my house. So, I mean, my major area here is 60,000 people. So I'm not in a big I, area. Actually, I make uh, halfway decent money on the repairs versus you know, the trapping, but... Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, all right, I, I didn't answer this question, but I would say if it was a, <laughs> a, a typical raccoon removal, usually my removal start out at 225, right right on the spot. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Okay, well, we're right there in the same ballpark. Uh, we charge 250. I mean, that's a flat fee, whether there's one or several. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't do that, because I charge per animal, too. <laughs> right. Right, and the thing is, as well as if you if you do it a family, normally I'll I'll determine how many are a family, and then if if it's um, if it's multiple, then I pretty much do a flat rate, you know, at my discretion on what it's going to take, on how easy, you know, it's like what you said, Will, you know, it depends on the situation. I mean, you know, an extraction could take you know three minutes, or it could take three hours. You know, it's hard to say. You know, it's, you really can't predict that until you actually get involved in the job. Oh, yeah. My preference yeah. is just to live we, trap and catch him when he comes out. <laughs> mm-hmm. We uh, we found that, you know, just the flat fee and not doing any extra per animal charge, it's a, it's a lot easier to understand. There's a lot less confusion. Plus, it does give the opportunity for the technician to go out there and, and sell the repairs that are usually needed, and that's really where you make your money. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Anybody that's in this not paying attention, you're missing it if you're not doing the repairs because that's massive money. That's where the money is. Oh, it's yeah. like on a bat job. You're going to make more sealing up that house than you'll ever make getting rid of the bats. Well, oh, I, think, I, think the, I think the other beauty is if you're not selling the repairs, you know, say if, versus him having a contract to do it, you're warranting the work. Your contractor's not. Yep. So that's usually I would charge extra for that warrant. Well, not for the warranty, but because I'm warranting it, my repairs cost a little bit more. Precisely. Ask, ask y'all another question. Free inspections? Not I anymore. I, I I used to, but when gas prices got up to three dollars a gallon, and I and I know that New York State has the highest gas prices versus anyone. Well, with the exception of California, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I. Typically charge a fifty percent, a fifty dollar inspection fee, and if the client decided they wanted to go with my service, we waive it. Let's see, we normally charge a a service fee, which I'll just say it's two hundred dollars for thirty days. Right. And if they want us to do the trapping, we just use that to cover our expenses coming back and forth every day. But then we're per animal on top of that too. Right. And we bill at the end as well as all repairs, all that other good stuff. So right. I, I I will do free inspections if I just happen to be like right around the corner and I have a couple of seconds. But uh, for the most part, wildlife wise, no, I don't. Now, pest control wise, I might do a little bit more free inspections because it's literally just in and out. Right. Now, I'm not I'm not there trying to really determine anything. I just look at something. Yep, there's the problem. <laughs> I'm basically just looking for the size of the area to know what to quote them. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I, um, I'm right there where Jason is, uh, usually $50 inspection, and then I add on a mileage fee. Ooh, our state allows our state allows $0.55 cents per mile. Uh, I usually charge just one way, 
Uh, I give 10% discount to seniors. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where, where I'm at. Yeah. We, you know, we, uh, we charge a $75 evaluation fee. Um, most of the companies around here, they'll do a free inspection. So uh, Tuesday morning, I mean, it was, we had calls rolling in. I had had lost five calls in a row over a $75 inspection before 8 o'clock. And I was like, look, I'm waiving the $75 inspection. Anybody you guys have talked to, call them back, tell them, we'll just give them a free inspection. One of our technicians called somebody back that they didn't want to pay the $75 evaluation, gave them a free inspection. Went out there today, sold $12,000 attic restoration. Guys, so, I mean, that guy you know, didn't want to pay 75 bucks to have you look at it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, this is something uh, where I told the guys, I said, you know, as much as, you know, I, of course, and granted for me, I look at a, a gas bill with several trucks that's usually pretty large. Uh, I was like, you know, let's just do three inspections. And, uh, you know, I think proof's in the pudding that it, it, it does work as long as you're working it right. I I think I thought about it once, and I think the free inspection really works out when you're doing more volume, like like you're right. doing, actually, Ryan. Oh, yeah. When you get to a certain point, you could kind of start offering it, but when you're kind of at a lower level of operation, it just eats into too much. Absolutely. Right, and, and the thing is you have to understand as well is, and this is what I've learned, you know, throughout offering free inspections the bottom line is, you know, your time is money is worth something. So, I mean, I look at it from, you know, from my standpoint, if, um, you know, I think my inspection fees are relatively reasonable. If most they're not interested in paying for the inspection, I mean, you're going into the unknown, not knowing if you're going to land the job or not, you know, doing a free inspection. So, in essence, it's taking you away from actual work and making money on a job that's already guaranteed versus oh, yeah. going go, going on an inspection for free. You know, it takes up about an hour of your time plus travel time to wherever you're going or taking you away from. You're not 100%. There's no 100% certainty you're going to land the job. And, you know, my take, I mean, this might be different for you folks, but I know from people around here, people that don't want to pay for an inspection, they're usually customers I don't want to begin with anyway because they're nothing but a headache. And I'd rather pass up on a job where a customer is going to be that much of a headache and more to try to make my life a living hell versus having a customer that's happy to see me pull in their driveway. This is pie. Those clients I want. It's not even about it. It, 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 it's not even about the money. I mean, I can make, I can make it up and make it up where it's just, do want to deal with the aggravation or am I going to be dealing with a disgruntled or a um, difficult customer? Oh yeah, I, I could relate to that. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, decades ago, we used to only charge like thirty dollars for our service fee, and we've also found through the years when we steadily raised prices that the people that complain now are still the ones that were complaining then. So I'm not really worried about losing that job. I don't care if you can't afford it. No. But at the same time, I've done the math. My trucks average X amount per hour when they're running. So. That truck right. needs to make that much per hour when it's running. So if, if I'm going to tie up that hour, you got to cover that loss. <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> well, kind of like Jason said there about uh, he said what he charges, and then he said he uh, throws that onto the bill. 
Uh, I found that as a good sales pitch myself. Um, you know, you're still getting your money. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It's just a win-win on my end uh, to say, well, I'll put that on your on your tab, you know. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I think when I break it down for the animal, I, I kind of give them the same feeling because they don't pay anything else to them done anyway. I don't charge them each time I come out. I don't charge them for any of that. We just will lump it all together on the final bill. Yeah. One thing I learned as well is, you know, in, the, in this industry, just like anything else, there's two types of customers. There's buyers and then there's shoppers. You know, oh, buyers, yeah. <laughs> the buyers are the, are the customers that you want, you know, ready to sign. They don't care what it costs when you throw a price at them. They say, how soon can you start? Those are the clients you want. The shoppers, on the other hand, you know, they'll get a bunch of esti- estimates. You know, they'll they'll make up their mind. You know, to think about it. And the one thing is, I don't have a problem with people price shopping. I mean, you know, everybody's a consumer. You know, we always want to get the best deal for our money. You know, the bottom line is, I mean, I'm not going to devalue my service. You know, just to try to get a job. I'd rather I'd rather not get the job. Devalue my. Uh, I'd rather not get the job and have my integrity than devalue buy business and go cheaper because the customer doesn't like it. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, they can find somebody else. If they don't want to pay me, they can hire that rookie. <laughs> right. That's the way I look at no it. No idea what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, we were actually, damn, we're actually going through this time pretty quick here. <laughs> I think we're almost an hour and a half in. I didn't realize we had that much hot air in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, Tony ever make it on? Are you out there, Tony? I see a northern Indiana. I'm assuming that's him, but I'm not positive. Can you hear me now? That's you? That's me. Okay. All right. Can you hear me? Awesome. Welcome, Tony. I'm here. Barely, <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> You heard sleep, Sounds like everybody's doing great this year, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. Loving it. I was just listening in on all your pricing and everything. Oh, we just things. screwed ourselves. Oh, we're <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> now, we do things a little bit different than all of you, really. I, we just, I, I'm with Jason as far as my time is valuable. You know, if we're going to drive out there, we're going to make money, but we tell them that all up front. You know, we do the service call inspection and setup, and that includes all the return visits back and forth to the job until the job is completed is a one-time fee for 239 Any type of animal is billed at $45 per animal. Now, during the litter season, you know, when it's like raccoon baby season, if we can grab the litter, you know, in one swipe, you know, we don't have to trap each baby as adolescents are running through the soffits and everything. It's just 45 for the entire litter. You know, once we've got to start running those babies down and we've got to trap them or we've got to trap them, it's $45 per baby also. Yep, that's the same way I run it. Just lump them together when yeah. you just run in there and grab mm-hmm. them. <laughs> and one thing we did, uh, you know, the, the service call inspection setup, and that includes all the return visits back and forth to the property until the job is complete, I really don't have any problems selling that. I mean, it just it tells everybody up front exactly what they're what they're going to get. You know, we're going to inspect the whole house. We're going to come back and forth until the job is totally complete because we deal with another company out here that, 
you know, they'll come in and say, we're giving you 14 days trapping service or 10 days trapping service. They never complete the job. Well, if you want us back... If you want us back for another ten or fourteen days, it's going to be another three hundred dollars. You yep. know, and and the customer, unfortunately, up front does not realize that sometimes a job will drag on. You right. know, the guy on the other end of the line selling that job's not telling them that. And uh, you know, we've gotten we've followed around a lot of companies up here, and and uh, that you know have really hurt 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 our industry as a whole. And uh, especially way up north and along the Indiana and, and Michigan border, there's a couple companies up there that are really, really grabbing people pretty bad. So, tell us your rank, uh, name, rank, and serial number, there, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> What's that now? Your oh, name, no, rank, no and serial number. <laughs> name of your company. Yeah. Name of your company. Oh. Where you're at. Um, we're American Animal Control. Um, I started out with critter control many 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 years ago um i had no intentions on coming on with them we were in the health club business for 20 years had five health clubs i finally just said you know i was tired dealing with people and in the meantime i was raising fox and uh, selling their urine actually northern sports sold my fox urine all over the country for many years and uh, rick miller owned the critter control franchise out of northern indiana matter of fact he had the one in the fort wayne office too which his brother rollin ran for many years and uh, you know rick and i we we sold a lot of fox to the live market and i just did that on the side as a hobby you know while i was running the health club business and when i got out of the health club business i had some income coming in from some rental properties and whatnot and uh Rick was talking one day. He goes, "Hey, you want to come on board with uh, Critter Control and as a subcontractor?" And I'm like, "No, nah, I don't want to trap for a living." He goes, "No, no, ride with me for a day." And I rode with him for a day. And I'm like, "No, yeah. you know, I might come on, help you out part time." And you know, he, I was totally a subcontractor, and uh, got paid pretty good commission off of it, and uh, went on for several years like that. And uh, one day, Rick called me. One night, he called me. He goes. Hey, Tony, he goes, you know, I own the Iowa franchise, too. And I said, yeah, he goes, my Uncle Don's been out there running that, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to sell this uh, local franchise and move to Iowa. I said, really? He goes, yep, and you're out of work. I sold it tonight. So wow. I was just like, I, you know, I had all my own equipment and everything, and he said, but I'm going to tell you something. He goes, you know, if I was to do it all over again, I wouldn't be a part of that franchise. He goes, you and I did it on a on a handshake. You know, we were good brothers and trusted each other, and we did it on a handshake. And uh, he said, if I were you, I'd just go on your own. And then the very next day, I went over and had some business cards printed up, started up American Animal Control, and started going door to door, knocking on doors, handing out business cards, you know, going to the pest control companies, going to the police departments, the fire stations, business owners. Every place I could go, I just started, as soon as those cards were printed up, I started handing out cards. Then I came up with a little door hanger for, for mole removal. And I just, every time I drove by a property that had a mole mount in the front yard, I got out and I hung a door hanger on there. And it just grew from there. And my my oldest son, Mike, he went off to med school and uh, got married the first year. And he got a full ride to med school, Did it was a great, great student, and he ended up uh, coming. He said, Dad, I just don't have what it takes to go to med school. He goes, uh, 
um, let's put another truck on the road. And he grew up trapping and around the fox and everything. And I said, man, I don't know, son, if we can if we can handle that. You know, you got a family now. He goes, well, let's try it. And instantly business doubled. And then the next year we brought on another guy, and uh, it doubled again and it doubled again and it doubled again. And, you know, now we, you know, we cover from in-house, we cover Indianapolis all the way to St. Joe, Michigan, and then kind of at an angle down to the uh, northeast corner of Indiana. We don't, that uh, that north uh, or that uh, southeast corner of Michigan is a little bit, of a stretch for us. We tried subbing out some jobs to some guys up there, but it didn't really work out very well for us. But, uh, and it just continued to grow. And we did last year, we did about 2000 jobs in house. And, um, this year we're probably up 25 to 30%. So it just continues to grow. But like, like Ryan and Jason were saying, you just got to keep pounding down the doors and it depends on how big you want to be. You know, I'm at the point now, like Ryan said, is, I can't handle it anymore. You know, I'm driving down. I go, I I went over to build the new Buffalo, Michigan route, which is an absolute huge, huge, huge territory because I cover from Laporte all the way up until St. Joe, Michigan, and 95% of those people are pouring out of Chicago, and it's just their lake homes on Lake Michigan. Um, so I got two-hour drive over there. I worked 10 hours all day and then two hours back, and my goal was to build it up and put somebody in that area. But as you guys were saying, it's it's hard to get good help that you can turn a key over and let them, you know, have the combinations to all these multi-million dollar mansions up there. So I'm still believing the good Lord's going to provide me with the right guy so I can get back down here and really build each guy's routes a little bit better. That certainly inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Tony, by the way, I think I sent you a call today, didn't I? I don't know if the lady called or not. <clears throat> I don't know for sure. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many calls a day I get anymore. It's just uh, no, that's the same thing here. It's just rolls and rolls and rolls, and I'm trying to do the best I can to keep up with all of them. And you know, there is a point that where you just got to kind of just, you know. Just get a grip on it. Yeah. Get your structure built inside. And we we had a terrible thing happen this summer is one of our guys, you know, South Bend's at probably a two hundred thousand dollar a year route for us and you know, we've had that one since the beginning, you know, South Bend, Mishawaka, all up through Niles and whatnot. And that route, uh, the guy was a close friend of family. I mean, I knew the kid when he was in diapers. He grew up with my brother and you know, he's forty some years old and he just called me one day and he goes, and never had any problems with the guy. He said, I'm leaving. I said, what? He goes, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to do something else with my life. I'm not sure what yet, but I'm going to do something. And he just, you know, he left on great terms and everything. But, you know, in the heat of our busy season, he left us with 50 jobs open. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we've been crazy here lately, real crazy. Trying to clean up that mess and trying to, I caught the part where you guys are talking about training guys and, you know, here we are right in the middle of our busy season, you know, you got to trust the Lord to give you somebody and this guy had been wanting to come on with us for years and he was a roofer his whole life and, you know, right off the bat, you know, you got to find somebody who doesn't have a fear of climbing and uh, he just dropped right into our lap right when this guy left and, 
you know, we brought him up, and, you know, I never realized, you don't really know how much you know about this industry until you've got to train a guy that absolutely knows nothing about it. Right. You know, and then it's all of a reality check. It's like, man, I forgot more about this than what I could ever teach you, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was fun. It's been a good ride, though. It's really been nice kind of talking with all you guys on Facebook and getting to know you all, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Likewise. So how long you been in in the industry? Well, like I said, it's been oh, I got on board with Critter Control. It's probably been 18, 19 years ago wow. is when I first started with them, but you know, I set my first trap when I was 8 years old, and so I kind of grew up around it, but you know, I never, it's a whole different ball game from ditch trapping, as you all know, than it is to going in on white Berber carpet, carrying a, a coon across it, dripping pee like a lot of companies do. But <laughs> it's, it's a whole different ball game. And, you know, if I, you know, now if I bring somebody on, I want them to have a construction background. I want them to know about how a house is built. I want to know the inside outside structure of a home because it's a lot easier to pinpoint wildlife when you know how a home is put together. Right. So if I can take a contractor or a carpenter and teach him how to do wildlife, I think you'll, you know, and you guys may find this too and the way you guys bring guys, it's a lot easier to train a guy that knows construction. There's some I'll nasty set up homes out there. What's that? I say there is some nasty cut-up homes out there. <laughs> add on after add on after add on after add on. Yeah. Believe it, believe it or not, we found uh, the guys that tend to last for for us are the guys with hunting backgrounds <laughs> because they they understand wildlife. Right. Uh, same thing, you know, or construction, but uh, we have hired a few wildlife biologists where on paper these people look phenomenal and you know meet them great people but field wise I mean whatever they learn they totally forgot (laughs) and we haven't had one work out yet that came in with a wildlife biology background. Most of them can't keep up with the running day to day. I just don't. I think they're so worried about their books that they don't realize that it actually changes tad bit region to region when you're in the field. Instead of having a textbook that's good for national use, right. <clears throat> Anybody have anything else they'd like to either put forth or... Now, Tony, what kind of pay structure do you have? Starting. (laughs) We don't want to give too much away. Just what do you bring guys in at? (laughs) Well, we're kind of set up a little bit different than probably most of you guys. Uh, We've got all of our guys set up as statutory employees. And basically, they basically buy in. You want to work for us, you're going to buy a rig. We'll rig, we'll rig the whole rig for you and get it all set up, and you'll own that rig. That way, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have to track where they are and how much time right. they spend some anywhere, and I don't have to put tires and gas in their truck. 
On the flip side of it is they get the full benefits of being an employee, but they also get the write-offs of being a statutory employee. Right. And at, at first, the accountants, most accountants, you know, aren't really keen to it. But once they open up the books and look at statutory employees, um, they realize that, yes, it's a great deal because they get the benefit. It's almost like they're a subcontractor, but they're covered under all the uh, umbrellas that an employee has. Um, and they get their write-offs, but you know, we so we bring people in because they're on their own rig and they're paying their own expenses. We get a lot better commitment out of them. Right. You know, this is a serious thing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna pay for we're gonna pay for all your lettering. We're gonna rig this truck for you from top to bottom, inside and out. But it's your truck, and uh, they're covered obviously underneath the, the LLC and the umbrellas and stuff like that. But. It's worked out pretty good, but we pay our guys really, really, really well. I mean, they get sixty percent off of a job. So wow, yeah, yeah. They, they're every one of our guys are making phenomenal money, but it keeps mm-hmm. them really, really motivated. You know, they go, 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 go. Their phones are ringing off the hook. They're all qualified salespeople. They're all carpent. You know, they all can f- fix the basketball size hole in the roof, and they all can upsell. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's why it's so hard for me to find just the right guy, and right. then dump all dump all that responsibility on top of them. But you know, they, it, it's almost like they're their own employee, but they got all the benefits of being part of the company as far as right down to the screws, you know, that that we supply for them. So it's it's worked out okay for now. It was the way I worked with Critter Control. And it worked out good for me, and, you know, we tried it with, when my son came on, and it worked, and we tried it when Jack came on, and, and on and on and on, each of the guys that came on, and it's worked. We've thought about going to an hourly rate, and then it's like, you know, you think they're, they'll take care of the truck the way you want to take care of it? You know, it, when it's their own truck, they're, they're a little bit more concerned about, you know, when they hear something rattling underneath there, you know. So, I don't know. For me, it's worked out okay. For us, I should say, you know, mm-hmm. AAC, it's worked out okay. Do I think it's the right way to go for every company out there? Absolutely not. You know, and if if I wasn't so far into it now, um, I would I would restructure it probably a little bit different. Um, and as we go on from here, it may be restructured a little bit differently. Right. This might be a crazy question, but. Do you do anything for like a uh, drug control type thing, piss test, anything like that? We do. I do. I do it once a month. Is it just random, or do you just? <laughs> hey, by the way, take a leak here. We we do a random. No, with with me, it's once a month. Uh, you know, no questions asked. You know, either my my bottom line clause is either you submit to it every month or. I terminate your your employment. Exactly so, what I do too. <clears throat> the one thing that, that it, there's an epidemic going on here on bath salts and heroin use and um, crystal meth use, and you know, growing up, you know, I grew up in northern New Jersey. I was exposed to people doing drugs. I had family, a family member that was a drug addict, and that's something I have zero tolerance for. I mean going to work for me, you're going to be drug for or you're not going to work at all, plain and simple. I mean, no, no questions asked. There's, there's uh, 
You know, no one convinced me otherwise. I mean, my word is law when it comes to that because the whole aspect on drugs is I, I detest people that do it. I have no pity for them. And, you know, I'm going to have, you know, a, you know, a lot that I, you have to more or less start treating people like boss and not like their friends or give them latitude because they're just going to steamroll over you. Right. You know, since the drug test has been brought up, since we're all business owners here, here's a bigger question. Since it, it's becoming legalized all over the country, would you tolerate marijuana use? Because I'm no. with Jason. I don't tolerate it at all. I don't even nope, like no. my guys smoking in my trucks. Nope. <clears throat> would, they, would not. If it was legal, my ass would fire somebody. Because <laughs> right. if I ever caught anybody using that stuff, I'd fire them in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, I know I guess, for a fact. Yeah, well, I know for a fact New York State's not going to uh, <coughs> legalize anything. In fact, they're banning a lot of stuff here. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think it's ever going to get banned, legal here. But <laughs> they just banned uh, big gulp dot cokes, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, we can't even get the large drink of it anymore. <laughs> nope. Damn it! <laughs> That's got to make going to the theater suck, man. You got to constantly get up for refills. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> But yeah, that was I've, since the drug thing was brought up. That was just something I thought about because anything that impairs you, I don't care if it's legal or not. I don't want your ass on a forty foot ladder. <laughs> Absolutely, or, or or in a vehicle or anything of that sort. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind if you probably sit in that attic full of bats, but <laughs> you can just stay now, there too. <laughs> have any of you guys had a vehicle totaled by an employee? I have several. I have two. <laughs> I I will admit that one time, you know, long ago, a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> back when Dad was first getting started, probably about 20 years ago or so, back when I first got my license, I was running the route for him one day and his nice new truck, or at least new to him, back in the early 90s. <clears throat> and I wasn't used to the blind spot. And I pulled right into the side of a horse trailer. Took the front end of that Toyota right off. <laughs> Good thing he was my dad. He didn't kill me. <laughs> Boy, that was the one person I did not want to tell. I just totaled his truck. <laughs> but guess who didn't get paid anytime soon? <laughs> that must have been fun working for nothing. Oh, yeah. That, that was one of those moments where... Son of a damn it, my Cadillac just turned into a service truck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> and you don't see nothing funny till you see a Cadillac on hydraulics with a 40-foot ladder on the roof. <laughs> yeah, I've had, in the 12 years I've been in business, I've had three service vehicles totaled. Um, two were the employee's fault, one wasn't. Um, the ones that were at fault I fired because of uh, uh, careless drivers. The one that wasn't at fault, uh, the person who, who hit us, their insurance paid for it. So, Man, We've had three totals. Uh, I would say, see, one that was at fault, two that were not. <clears throat> and, I mean, complete totals. Damn. Yeah. 
Nice trucks, too. (laughs) You hear him crying, oh, my God, that money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I think the more concern would be how long you're down for until you get another rig up and running. Yeah, see, that Uh, was a big issue when I pulled out ours. That was our newest truck. That was the only real truck Dad had ever owned. (laughs) And I took the front end off of it. We actually rebuilt that damn thing, though. Do you let any uh, employees conceal carry? I I do, but I don't let them carry in the house. We work in in Gary, Indiana. All of us carry. I think I saw the picture on Facebook of that, and that looked like a pretty sketchy place. (laughs) (laughs) If it's Gary, yes. And, um, well, in my sense, um, I'm the only one that can carry because I have a permit for New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, all my techs live in Pennsylvania. They, they don't carry period. <laughs> they, 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 they won't allow non-residents to uh, to apply for a permit. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah, As long as my guys have the permit, I don't mind, but it needs to stay in the truck. I mean, if the house looks that crappy, then you probably don't need to go up to the door anyway. We live in Tennessee, so, you know, everybody carries. Um, Now, they don't carry in a house, but keeping them in the truck, yes. I I remember sending Jack when he first came on with us over to Gary to do a job. He goes, Gary, isn't isn't that a bad place to work? I said, nah. I said, well, there's some nice, you know, gated entries over there. He goes, what about where I'm going? I said, well, I don't know. I haven't been on that street yet. Oh, about a couple hours later, we get a picture of the front of the house. The whole house been peppered with bullet holes. He goes, this is where he sent me to work. <laughs> My well, son and I were just laughing. I pulled up yeah. the houses full of bullet holes where the idiot tried to shoot the coon himself. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've seen that plenty of times. <laughs> I remember one house, the guy had the cops there and everything when I showed up because he'd seen the raccoon through that vent, so he unloaded his 9 millimeter into the house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he missed. He was 20 feet away. <clears throat> Tell me oh, you're rolling up on about, about 10 more here. minutes of record time. Anybody have anything else they want to... Yeah, we'll turn it over to you guys because we're lost. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask Tony some of his uh, marketing strategies. Who's? Tony. Yeah, Tony, what do you do for marketing? Uh, oh I do about gosh. everything for marketing. <laughs> there ain't just whatever, whatever Ryan does is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But, uh, I just not watching Animal Pros, you're not doing it right. <laughs> 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 no, it's all or nothing. I mean, you name it, we do it. You know, we we still do door to door, and you know, I we do the a little bit of the pay for clicks, but we also got two hundred websites. So I mean, that oh wow. Best thing I found out for if you're going to do marketing is contact your pest control. Yep. I mean, I get more calls from the pest controllers than I do anything else. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I found out that 99% of them doesn't do wildlife, and the ones that does are afraid of heights. Who do we have there? Or, or they're not properly trained to do it. No, well, I ain't going to say that. I ain't going to say anything bad about them. I just say they're afraid of heights because I get, always get the two- to three-story houses from them. Who do we have there? Which one, me? Yeah. Uh, well, this is Tony Yetter with Yetter's Critter out of uh, Brookville, Indiana. Oh, okay. Oh, you're catching the tail end of the show there, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I just got home and I figured I'd just jump on for a few minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been busy, busy. Oh, you're here before we start, not like as we end. <laughs> well, hey, money talks. Show, show has to go. Oh, right. Well, give us a lowdown about yourself there, Tony. Well, lowdown about myself. Been doing this since I was five years old. And without license. Until I learned that you had to have one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got my license. The hard way. And been doing it now in Indiana for four years and 15 years in Florida. So I've seen about everything and know nothing. (laughs) And let's see what else. That's all I can tell you about me. Okay. So, what was what was the conversation tonight about? Like I said, I only caught the end of it. Getting bigger. Uh, kinda, yeah, making it big. What what it takes to become animal pros? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. DIY. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after uh, start with a bottle of Tylenol. <laughs> well, after twenty years, I still ain't a pro. So you better tell me. <laughs> I was not call myself a enough. pro, just not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> because if I when I become a pro or expert, it will put me six foot under. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little input here, what would you guys like to hear on a podcast? Yeah, we're always fishing for topics. <laughs> well, I can tell you, know, I got I got topics. Okay. I got one coming up right now about const- uh, being being an advisor on a job. How to do it? Oh, being an advisor? Yeah. I don't know if I like telling my secrets to those guys. You ain't telling me what. That's what I said. How to do it? I've been on some jobs where I just they'll ask so many questions, and then you finally get to that point where you just have to say, "You're paying me for what I know." <laughs> well, not to I, come here and tell you everything. No, no, man, for pay. <laughs> for what? For pay. Oh, for pay. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of guys doing that lately. Well, I tell you, charging what people to go around and uh, basically like train them type things, things, things like that. I had one guy, actually, I invited, uh, I think Mark is still on, maybe. 
I had him. I invited him to come on down and ride with me for a few days to learn. Well, I didn't charge him either. I just made him work. <laughs> no, I tell you what, why I'm, I'm saying this. I got a big church called me the other day for bats. Well, that's easy. I'll advise you to call me. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Ask me to put a bid on it. Told me the bid was too high. Oh hell. <laughs> okay. And then call. And then ask me to be a, a advisor for their guys to do it. Well, the first thing you ask them is, is their guy licensed? That's what I told him. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, what he wants to do is me come in and do the exclusion. They do the seal-up and all that junk. You know, so you got to warrant me that? The, that route. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Go ahead, do the exclusion. We'll seal up after you're done. In other words, you're going to yeah. be there for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought, too. Yeah, no money, no amount of money is going to be worth uh, doing a bat job wrong. And if it's not 100% to our protocol, we won't touch it. Right. No, no. Yeah, I'm, just... I, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, it's either all or nothing. Either, you know, I do it the way that, you know, you want me to do it as a professional. I mean, I'm not all about taking shortcuts or cutting corners. You know, either you want it done by me the correct way or I'd rather just walk away from it. Because yeah. it, it, no, for any amount of money, it's just gonna be nothing but a headache. You know, they're right. gonna want a part. They're gonna want a partial. They want partial work done, and mm-hmm. I just refuse to do it. I just tell them flat, point blank. It's either you know, I do it this way. This is what I'm gonna put down in paper for you. You know, this is what I'm gonna do for you. You know, you can say it's too much money or whatever, but either I do it this way, or I don't want the job. I mean, you want to get right. somebody that does it less? Hey, have at it. But if you have to call me back. That price is going to be more because I'm going to rip out everything that they put on there, you know, to do this job correctly. It's going to end up costing you more money. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we just had that happen. I, I gave somebody a price. You know, he slammed the door in my face. Uh, it was like $15,000. Well, eight years later, after multiple failed attempts, they finally called back to get it done. Uh, you know, they will call back. Well, I, oh, I know they were, I already told them I couldn't do it at what they want done. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys that probably would. But it's kind of funny that a lot of the clients want you to only do partial. Oh, yeah. I get a lot of people that want to do their own sealing up. I mean, I'll let them if they want to go around and try to seal up what they can, but I tell them I'm still going to have to go around behind you and make sure it's done right. Yeah. <laughs> you and might as well just let me do it anyway. <laughs> right. See, my my thing was is they want me to do, a, do inspection, show their guys which holes to seal up and all that. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> Why? Hey, Ryan, you actually brought up a good point um, as far as, um, like, say you go in to bid on a job. Now, do you give them, like, a time frame on, you know, on when they have to make up their mind that you'll do it for that price? I mean, me, I can speak for myself. I give my client three days. And usually if they don't call me back in three days, I can usually assume one or two things. Either A, they had somebody else <clears throat> do the job or they weren't interested in doing it. I mean, the bottom line is I'm not going to have a client call me up six months later and say, okay, I want it done, I want it done for that price. Well, it doesn't work that way. Oh, right. No. Well, usually uh, in a lot of cases like that, uh, if two months or you know, two years have gone by 
that job's going to have to be reevaluated. Uh, you're going to have usually more damage. There's going to be other issues. So, I mean, you know, a separate price would have to be wrote up. Now, in this, right. of course, case of that one job, nothing had really changed. Uh, it was kind of the same stuff. Uh, matter of fact, they had some Yahoo come in there and, and totally removed the guano for us. Uh, but the outside work was, you know, exactly the same. But in most cases, you will have more damage. Right, so, so more or less, um, do you, so like, say, say you go in a bit of a job, do you give them like a certain time frame on for how long the price is good for? I give mine 30 uh, days. No, I don't say anything to them because chances are they're going to call back anyway. I uh, give 30 days. And we just tell them at that point, you know, it's been, you know, pretty much in common sense terms as nice as possible. You know, it's been so long, we're going to have to reevaluate to see exactly if everything's still the same, if anything's changed, what's different, and try to work with you to get it taken care of. Yeah, and I'm the same way as well in that. I mean, we'll have to come out and do another side evaluation and, you know, take consideration itself if there's more damage, if there's more, you know, excrement that needs to be cleaned up. You know, you have to take all that into consideration when right. pricing that out. Absolutely. You know, uh, one topic that, uh, you know, I thought was pretty interesting uh, here and some of you guys uh, mentioned is some of the add-on services. And I think that'd be a great, great podcast. Uh, I think did we do one, Kevin? Yeah, I think uh, we. Well, actually I don't know if we made it. that a specific topic, but I know we covered right. on one. Yeah, because you know, I mean, I mean, it was just just me and him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, meeting some meeting some different operators, uh, especially hearing you guys talk tonight. I mean, I've heard some some great topics that uh, I mean, I, I know are some great add-on services. Oh, yeah. There's there's add-ons, depending on the region, there's some things you can add on that will just blow your mind. Oh, absolutely. Or, I, or I'll or i even just put it out there again, pest control for any operator. That's just massive add-on. I can already tell you I'm interested in that. Massive, massive thing, man. Get my could, wheels rolling. You could smoke any pest control company. You just have to do the paperwork, man. Oh, really, there's now. actually less to it than you probably think, too. If I could bring in somebody with pest control knowledge that would uh, make something like that happen, I can already... Tell me you'll make him a rich man and I'll get in the truck. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can already tell you. Dude, I can make your dreams come true. Give me, give me that address. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring down me and my best guy. We'll knock this right out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that pest control. Oh, it, it, if you're not really, if I will say that if you're not willing to really get into it, don't do it. Because you don't want to pick and choose which jobs you take. You need to take them. <laughs> oh, I understand that. <clears throat> There's some guys, oh, we don't do bed bugs. Oh, no, we don't do wasps. We don't do, or Jason, don't do bees. <laughs> Hell yeah, I do bees. <laughs> I do bees. Now, Tony, do y'all do bees? Huh? Y'all do bees? Oh, yes, we do hornets, bees, yellow jackets, and everything. What about Tony Surrey? I didn't hear you. You do bees? Oh, yes. He was too busy looking at his checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. I was. <laughs> I don't. I don't pay work with your ass. <laughs> yes, I do. Bees, hornets, yellow jackets, and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, but I don't need pests. I don't need any kind of poison. Yeah, it just makes it more exciting. <laughs> oh, it does. I found the easiest way to do hornet's nest. It makes it so easy. Well, I'm going to have to send Jason some pictures of me doing a cutout of a honeybee hive in an attic full of thousands of bees. All I, enclosed. <laughs> I don't know. We've already seen what I, the kind of stuff I, I give them. Oh, yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> well, they probably take one look at you. They probably would want to fly away from you. <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> I'm not we'll, that damn we'll, big and we'll, scary. We'll make good money on that one. I'm going to start showing up in green or something. <laughs> Shorts. I don't want to thank Will for that one. Oh, hey, no problem, man. I'll take any call anybody gives me. I've got hey. you from Ryan. <laughs> you, you, you was just closer. <laughs> yeah, it was only three hours away. What the hell? <laughs> hey, it was four hours for me. <laughs> Hey, hey, Will, I, I, I had to ask you this. I mean, this was something that, you know, I saw you post on Facebook a, a, while, a while back. You're actually getting some guy, I think he was from you know, a zebra for a truck. I have to, I, I have, I have to ask, because, I mean, I got a kick out of watching, watching you go back and forth with this guy. Oh, what, my God. God what, a, what was that about? What a pud. Uh, hey, <laughs> you know what? Let's stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> We can, if you like. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> We're in here. What a nice day. Great to have you all. We'll see you next week. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank everybody that come on. Um, basically, everybody. Uh, our, next, our next month's show, uh, we're going to – I got a bunch of women lined up that are in the nuisance control business. Yeah, Jason, and, we'd like to have you back. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to have an all-woman show. We're going to try to keep it clean, uh, just to say how they're they're uh, how they are in the industry, you know, perceived. I guess you'd say. Man, so, some, well, some of these ladies got bigger bankrolls than us, so let's behave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop recording. And uh, again, I like to just say thanks to everybody. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having yep. us. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.